Hi, Jimmy. Hello. How are you? Doing good. Good. You're in your robe, I see. Yes. I'm in my comfy shoes. It's a, it's a very Arthur Dent sort of <laughs> sort of look. I need a pipe. This Ooh. is my smoking jacket. Oh, there you I go. I need a pipe and a, a, like a library of tomes. Let's see. Where's a good tome I can peruse? Here's a tome. Hmm, yes. Wait, okay, sorry. So the tome you picked up is The Complete Works of Sherlock Holmes. Open that first page again. Is that a plaid inside? It's plaid inside. <laughs> and very shiny on the edge. Oh, very nice. That is a proper tome. I also have a Christmas carol, but it's so short that it's not a tome. It's just... Yeah, huh? you always... You think of Christmas carol as being this sort of big you know, piece of literature, right? Yeah, At least I do. but it's Maybe not. the Muppets are to blame for that. But it's just a little... It's super short. It's like, it's like it's a, chick so track, short. a chick track. I... <laughs> it's, a little, it's, it's four pages. Then he was about... visited by three ghosts. <laughs> the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah, I have the um, audiobook version as read by Sir Patrick Stewart. Ooh. Uh, and it's only like an hour long, huh. hour and a half maybe. It's an incredibly short book for being so popular, and maybe that's part of the reason why. That's fair. Yeah, you get through it quick. I wonder. I wonder how Dickens would have fared in the world of podcasting. I feel like. He likes run-on sentences, and so he would just like talk for like six minutes. And then the other host would get in, like, a couple of seconds. And then Dickens would talk for, like, another six minutes. Yeah. Very, like, almost Rogan-esque. <laughs> I was picturing Dickens doing, like, an actual play podcast. Oh, like playing d Yeah, he's, like, DMing. Well, it's like that idea I texted you last year about uh, Ebenezer Scrooge as a life cleric. Tending to the, oh. the the poor and the downtrodden, yeah, and calling upon the power of the spirits to avert other people's lives, just as his head. Okay, so maybe Dickens would be actually be a really good DM. See, I was picturing like, okay, here's six minutes of of world building. Uh, roll for initiative. I, I guess. mean, for sure, it would have six <laughs> minutes of world building, right? But I feel like his location descriptions would be just out of this world. To p -p 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 podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu Gi Oh! recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week we are talking about season two, episode 25, The Rescue. The res Rescue. That's as far as Which I can roll my R's. Is a weird name for this episode because no rescue actually happens. Yeah. <laughs> Strangely absent from this episode <laughs> is any notion of a rescue. 
Um, before we get into talking about the episode, Jimmy, I wanted to bring up, we have a listener email that I wanted to read, and it poses uh, an important question that I'm, I'm very curious to hear your answer to. Oh. Uh, so this email is from listener Brent. Thank you, Brent, for writing in. Uh, the title really, the subject line really tickled me. It's, uh, you activated my email question, which is very good. <laughs> Thank you for leaning into our bit. Uh, Brent says, hey, Yampod crew, I've only recently gotten back into Yu-Gi-Oh, mainly through the legacy of the Duelist, and found your podcast. I'm in my mid-20s, so I remember growing up watching a lot of season one and some of two, so it's entertaining following along you guys uh, and catching up on this so-bad-it's-good children's cartoon. Anyway, as a fan of the card game, an underrated aspect I love about it is the lore text. The idea that these ridiculous monsters somehow live in the same world and sometimes interact with each other is interesting to me, and something I wish wasn't just reserved for cards without effects. Are there any effect cards you've seen so far that you want to know the lore of? Example, in my fire deck, one of my favorite monsters is Ultimate Baseball Kid. It's not a rare card or anything, but it's given my effect, but given its effect, my brain always thinks about why this stereotypical anime boy has the power to be this uber powerful god and kill a blue eyes just from having other fire types on the field. Did he make a pact with a fire demon to get good at baseball? Is he just a kid with superpowers like Yu Yu Hakusho? Unfortunately, I'll never know. And there's a frowny face. Anyway, thanks for reading this scatterbrained email, and I hope the podcast continues to grow. Sincerely, Brent. Brent, thank you for your email. This is so lovely. Huh. So You know, so, I hadn't really thought about it before, but since, like, every card in Yu-Gi-Oh! is ostensibly based on, like, a real thing, is this the, just some child that Pegasus trapped in the game? Right. And added to the, the dual monsters canon? Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, it... it, 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 it Everything, from what we know of the show, right, everything pre-Pegasus is an actual monster that lived in Egypt. Yes. In an ancient, ancient demon of some kind. Post-Pegasus, it is some sort of magic that was infused with the cards? It's there's still, very vague. There's still a magical element, but it's, but it's a yeah. Pegasus creation of some kind. I, hmm. Do you if, think this kid is just, like, really good at baseball and, like, hit a home run right through Pegasus's window? And he's <laughs> like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you, kid. <laughs> and he just captures the kid's soul and puts it in the card, like that one episode, and that's actually the kid we're playing with. <laughs> <laughs> it just, cut, like, a baseball guy just comes smashing through his, like, portrait window in his study, and he's just got a full mouthful of, uh, wine and he's just like wine wine in quotes sorry yeah grape juice local grape juice enthusiast pegasus and he just gets super mad and runs to his window and like shoots this kid with a laser beam with his magical eye and turns him into a card (laughs) (laughs) aha i have you now todd (laughs) i think it back into my into my pegasus voice Mm, yes you boy Oh, Todrick, I will show you a lesson. Mm. Welcome to the power of my Millennium Eye. Now you too shall become a dual monsters. Say, kid, do you want to play a game? You like mm. games, do you, boy? Todd well, boy. here's one game you'll never forget. Hey, Derek? <laughs> um, Brayden? But okay, do you know so how much this window cost, Brayden? So, so... 
so J- <laughs> so Jimmy, so to get back to to Brent's question here, are there any effect cards you've seen so far that you want to know the lore of? I can think of one card, but I can't think of an, of an effect card necessarily. So maybe like we can broaden magic cards that to, and stuff. What? How's that? Like magic cards or just yeah, any sort of yeah, like spell cards because those are the ones that typically that have like the the lore on them too. Um, but maybe let's expand that a bit. Let's say, are there any cards we've seen so far that we want to know the lore of? We were just talking about it last week. The um, the jar, the space jar. What's cyber jar. jar? Cyber jar. Yeah, what the it's fuck is like up with cyber jar? <laughs> a satellite floating in space and has a, a grinny face, and it's also magic somehow. Yeah. What's the deal with cyber jar? Who put this jar in space? Who put this jar in space? I, hmm, makes me wonder, is that based on a real satellite? Is there a real satellite out there somewhere in, in this universe that is just a jar? With a, a grinny face on it. Yeah. Does Pegasus have a second, like his own satellite that has like a scientifically created duplicate of the uh, the Millennium Eye? That just kind of duplicates its effect, so it can just like zap stuff and turn it into cards. I'm so sorry. I was looking up. I cannot remember the name of this card. I'm Which so one? sorry, Jimmy. I got distracted and then I got derailed. I still cannot remember the name of this card. I want to know the lore. Of every card whose text is written in Joey Wheeler's voice. <laughs> Do you know the ones I'm talking about? Yes, I think you've shown me. There's a few like of the those. fighters. There's a there's at least one dinosaur, but I can't remember the name because they're like such simple names. It's like and, I know the one you're thinking of because it's got Joey saying this T Rex tot's got a terrible temper. Yeah, what is that? It's like this baby T Rex tot. Terrible temper? I don't know. I don't know what to search here. But there's this whole, there's this like separate universe. Little D, that's the one we were Little talking D. about. Little D. Yes. Okay. So there's this whole separate universe of Joey cards, right? Uh-huh. I want it. I want, this isn't like lore necessarily. This isn't in the universe of, of dual monsters. Like where did these monsters come from? But maybe it is. Why? Is the text on these cards written by Joey Wheeler? They have Did no... Pegasus invite Joey just like off screen to write some card text? Did Joey fall into a dual monsters dimension where like he influenced this like uprising of monsters somewhere and led T Rexes and warriors to to defeat some power? One of these uh, empty warehouses they keep falling into had, like, one of the... It was, like, a factory for Dual Monsters cards. And Joy just started pressing buttons. <laughs> and this changed the card text. This guy's got the big sword. <laughs> it's, yo, this Tyrannosaurus tot's got a terrible temper. It starts with, yo, that's how Joey That's how is. you know. That's how you know. There's a, there's a bunch of other ones out there. But anyway, I would love to know more about why they are the way that they are. <laughs> You know what would be an interesting card to find out the backstory of hmm. why this card exists in universe? Yujo friendship? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yu-Gi-Oh friendship, and there's there's several other cards that have the Yu-Gi-Oh characters in them. Oh, I just uh, I just pulled one up. Unity. It's got everyone doing the friendship symbol. Yeah. Uh, how and why were these cards made? Did somebody have a camera at like that exact moment to take <laughs> the picture that's on the card? Are bits of their souls in the card? Yeah. How are these cards getting made? Right. Why would Pegasus like go out of his way to print the like this group of friends who like defeated him and ripped his eyeball out? Hey, Yugi boy, you like shaking hands so much. Why don't you do it in this card forever? (laughs) This one, like, is just Judgment of the Pharaoh, and it has Yami Yugi on it. So, so at some point, these guys got into the Dual Monsters factory, the printing press, right? And like, posed for cards. They, like, broke in and took selfies. But, I mean, is it is it a, um... Oh, what are, the, what are those uh, Harry Potter cards called? The ones that you get out of the oh, chocolate the, frogs? Yeah, the wizards. The, the wizards. It's, the is it like wizard. those where... Uh, I think they're just called chocolate frog cards. It's actually Dumbledore appearing in each card? Well, it's not actually Dumbledore. It's a little magical... Simulacrum, simulacrum of but, Dumbledore. But then he disappears and runs. Yeah. Explanation is well, he can't be in all the cards all the time. You, you got to share. This is just like a tiny, tiny fragment of soul that they right. ripped off of these kids. So wait, are those cards Horcruxes? It doesn't matter. Uh, fuck J.K. Rowling. Um, that's go. That's a whole different conversation. That's right a here. whole different conversation that we don't need to be having. Um, turns out J.K. Rowling's a turf. I don't want to get into it. Uh, makes me really mad. Um, I also really want to know, and this is kind of my last one, I think, for Brent's question. I want to know everything that there is to know about Landstar. Oh, I yeah, that's the one the with the little goofy guy, right? Yeah, that Swordsman of Landstar is from. I need the little elf guy. Need to know <laughs> what crazy mixed up world this dude comes from, where he wears a shield that is the face of himself, his own face, <laughs> his his weird bean face. Yeah, this freaking like Playmobil guy. There, I just looked up more Landstar cards, and there's more Landstars. There's a freaking solid snake grappler of Landstar. What the fuck? Okay, send that to me. What? 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 Let me send what? you Grappler of Landstar. Grappler of Landstar. Who's straight out of like Contra or something? Oh shit! This dumpy little yeah, this guy's about to get on the call guy. with Otacon. Yeah, <laughs> he's got he's got army boots and a knife. <laughs> Look at this very what, angry what like <laughs> dumpy guy. What do you got there, bud? <laughs> Honey, let me see what you have. <laughs> a knife? No. Okay, How does so, this guy exist in the same universe as Swordsman of Landstar? Because Swordsman is very clearly in like a medieval sort of period. Grappler right. of Landstar is very much in like a World War II. And okay, so the what, text... what is the history of Landstar world? 
And the text on this card implies that there's even more Landstar monsters, right? So it says, Landstar monsters you control gain 500 attack when attacking monsters with higher attack. If this card is used as material for summoning of a Landstar monster from the extra deck, you can normal summon a level 4 below Earth attributes, warrior, spell monster, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, so it has a lot of other effects with other Landstar cards. Is there... Is there a, like a like a meta for this? Is there like a, a Landstar Tyler, strat? They've they've made an adventuring party. Look what I've just sent you. Landstar.com takes you to Landstar System Inc., a transportation solutions provider. Wrong Landstar. Oh, wait a second. This is like Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. Landstar Forces? Land what? Okay. I love everything about this picture because starting on the left, there is what appears to be a musketeer Landstar holding. Yeah, a, he's got a like a gun. Nerf blaster. Uh, and then in the middle is it's a... blue and orange. It's a Nerf gun. Oh, it is. Oh shit, it is. It is. Oh my god. Okay, and then in the middle, you've got a like medieval knight Landstar. He's holding... a jouster, but he's got two lances. <laughs> I How think, do you dual wield lances? You're just I, like poke, poke, okay. poke, 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 poke. My theory on this, I'm going to put this out in the little world, and I'm, I'm going to just assume that it's true. Pegasus knows that jousting is a thing, but has never seen anyone joust. And <laughs> he, he can't thinks, be bothered to look it up. And he thinks, you know what would be more powerful than one lance? Two lances. Two lances. lances. Um, yeah, and then you've got Commando Landstar, and then Swordsman of Landstar, who still inexplicably has aviator goggles. Huh. Yeah, where, where, what's the deal with Landstar Planet? Does Pegasus... Has Pegasus been pulling these guys throughout time? Oh. Through time and space? I mean, probably, right? Because, yeah. like... Do they come from a... If this is a real planet, Landstar, do you th is this like an alternate dimension where he Pegasus is just like a UFO coming down and abducting these poor guys and keeping them all in his collection? Oh my god, Jimmy. I pulled up the Wikia page for Landstar. Are you ready for you this? Tell. Please tell. Landstar is an archetype of level 3 Earth Warrior monsters with low attack used by Joey Wheeler in the anime and manga. The only one that has been released in the OCG slash TCG is Swordsman of Landstar, which has now retained a, a retrained version of it called Comrade Swordsman of Landstar, released in the Crossroads of Chaos set. There's a communist version. <laughs> Comrade uh, Swordsman. Landstar cards also include anime-only cards like Knight of Landstar, Grappler of Landstar, Brigadier of Landstar, and oh, their support the cards, Landstar Forces and Landstar Shot. Brigadier of Landstar is a musket man. Jimmy, are these the last remaining members of the Landstar species? <laughs> That's a grim idea. Were did did Pegasus rescue uh the, the... <laughs> like Oompa Loompas? <laughs> oh God, they're like Oompa Loompas, kind of. 
because they're not that tall. They're like they're like three feet tall. Yeah, they're like short little guys. Holy shit! Okay, we have spent way too much time talking about Landstar. Thank you again, Brent, for your email. I really appreciate that. Um, hopefully, uh, we didn't completely butcher your question. <laughs> oompa loompa doompa tee die. Don't mess with Pegasus Millennium. I. That was pretty good. Uh, do you want to talk about the episode of Yu-Gi-Oh that we watched this week? Yeah, but one last thing. The okay. cards I'm most interested in learning about, like, the backstory behind is the freaking hamstrat. I want to know why oh. someone made a plane that looks like a giant hamster. Well, there's anyway. a whole series of those. <laughs> yeah. The the mechanimals or whatever they're called. Shit, yeah. There's so many. There's so much. That's the answer. Just basically everything. Every card. <laughs> I want to know all about everything. Um, all right. It's time to discuss the episode. Jimmy, this week we watched season two, episode 25, The Rescue. Thank God, a one-part episode. A one-part episode. It's not really even a one-part episode. No, it's like a half. It's a, it's a quarter This is like part. a quarter of an episode. <laughs> About 30 seconds of plot happens. (laughs) Uh, The translated title for this episode, Jimmy, is called Bonds. Bonds. Uh, The summary is, As they head via helicopter to Merrick's hideout, Yugi and Kaiba discuss the events of the past. Meanwhile, Taya and Joey are brainwashed by Merrick as a part of his diabolical plan to lure Yugi into a deadly and inescapable trap. Did we even see Taya or Joey in this episode? Literally, that second sentence does not occur in this episode. <laughs> the summary is just there to remind us that that's also happening. That that's so that's the impetus for this helicopter ride. <laughs> um, the first thing that I noticed about this episode, Jimmy, is that it provides neither a previously on nor a skip intro option. <laughs> Netflix this episode com- it forced me into watching the theme song. <laughs> This episode is its own previously on. It tr- it really is. Uh, it did, uh, however, allow me to laugh yet again at how ridiculous the Rare Hunters look in that intro shot with their flowing robes and weird dual discs. <laughs> their dual discs sticking out. Oh, I love that shot. Ah, look at our mystical powers and this toy. <laughs> Available now from Toys R Us. <laughs> Five for the price of four. <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I watched the whole intro again, and I did notice, I've noticed this a couple times, but since there's nothing really else to talk about here, I've noticed that the end shot of the intro is, like, darker than the rest. Yeah, it's like it's starting to fade out. Yeah, it's like they took one shot from, like, they lo- had lost the original animation and had to record it over from, like, a taped version or something, and it was just, like, slightly degraded. You know, that happened in uh, Power Rangers. Did it? Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah. If you watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers after season two, I'm going to forget the exact time, but when um, Tommy becomes the White Ranger, or no, when they get their uh, their ninja, I think it's when they get their ninja powers, their like ninja costumes, the transformation sequence is like parts of it for different people are the same recordings from season one, but it doesn't look like they had the originals and it's just, they copied over. They just like re-recorded and then like 
re-green screen some stuff so it's all like weird and janky oh that's funny you'll have to send me that yeah i'll see if i can find the right the right episode um anyway yeah it you know they do their best at the intro i like the intro this of, of this uh the series though this it's season. a good song i like that it's like darker and ominous er at the beginning and then it goes straight back into the original season one theme song at the end yeah well you know you got to know what time it is yeah it's time to duel right uh the show opens eventually on uh shots of duels happening all over the city uh because you know more than six people play this card game <laughs> This is the first time we've actually seen Battle City full of people doing Battle City stuff instead of just, like, two characters. Yeah, and it's kind of nice, too, because we get this, like, aerial shot of, you know, monsters in the streets and, and people sort of crowding around these duels that are happening. Uh, it reminds me a lot, actually, of I've been playing uh, uh, Pokemon Sword, mm -hmm. and you get the uh, the wild area now is the big thing and it's this like semi open world it's like a large area that you can kind of free roam and the pokemon actually like appear and you can see them and it very much reminded me of these pokemon battles right where you're just like flying over and you see oh wow shit there's a pokemon there Look at that <laughs> yeah it's just crowds of people and suddenly a dragon right uh the the weird thing for me was like this shot lasts for way longer than I felt like it would normally. Um, little did I know that there's no plot in this episode. Um, and, and we get this one like long close up of this kid in it who's dueling, and he's got like very protagonist hair. Yeah, this guy looks like he could run his own Yu Gi Oh spinoff. He actually kind of looks like a grown up version of the main character from Beyblade Burst. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, like he's got he's got big blue spiky hair is really is Yeah, it. and his clothes are weird too. He's got like a tunic on? Yeah, Did you it's notice like a, that? It's like an asymmetric cut t-shirt that's like it looks kind of handmade actually, but it's it works for him, I think. But it's yeah. definitely a look at me, I'm a main character from that show you love. And it's weird because he's the only one who looks like that. And then everyone else in the background is just like regular anime background people. And never gets a name. No, really nothing happens. <laughs> Does he even get any dialogue? I don't think so because the, the, the thing that happens to him is uh, a car like pulls up behind him as he's dueling and honks. And... Uh, that the person in the car actually gets more lines, I think, than this kid, if he gets any. Oh, way more, yeah. Uh, a, a police officer, a fucking cop, comes up to this, like, businessman trying to drive his car to work and says, uh, sorry, sir, the roads closed in this whole neighborhood. <laughs> All the roads are closed um, for a card game. And the guy's like the hell what fucking kind of card game is this they can close roads and he's like i'm sorry those are the rules <laughs> yeah this guy does not give a single shit about dual monsters he just needs to get to work and there is this kid playing like card games in the middle of the street i feel and, for this uh, guy i this I is the one too. guy I... in this whole world who doesn't care about dual monsters <laughs> I, uh, I I love that they had this interaction, though, and I, I love that we get an introduction of Kaiba's <laughs> privatized police force. Yeah. I mean, not... It's apparently incompetent at, like, 
running events because there's no like barricades to keep this guy from driving down the street. Right. Yeah. There's no signs anywhere. There was no real, you know, n- notice posted of like. There's no saw horses with some signs on them. Right. Just you know, or if arrows. you weren't paying attention to Kaiba being on every screen in the city that one time you wouldn't know what was going on yeah this guy is just trying to get to work so he can put food on his table and there's just kids in the street blocking him he had no idea and then as he's finally like okay fine i'll back up i guess he looks out the the front window again and there's this giant goofy looking monster this like uh, i don't even know what it is we've never seen this before we've never seen this monster uh it's got like a big blue body and big red lips and it's like smiling at him all goofy and it's just taking up the whole view and he it looks kind of like grimace it does it does it looks like big round grimace it looks like the monster that ate grimace (laughs) yeah and we see his like his head like his eyes do the whole cartoon popping out of his head thing as he's like sees this monster appear in front of him because he has no idea what's going on now, Jimmy, it does bring up a question that I have for you. And we've kind of talked about this before, but that monster is definitely looking at him. Like, it is in front of the car, it is almost on the car, and it is looking at this person. Yeah, he is not... This guy is not part of this duel. Not He's at all. He's not on the field. Nope. A duel is happening, ostensibly. Yeah. And yet here this monster is interacting with this physical human. Jimmy, is this monster sentient? I doubt it. I feel like it's... I feel like the monsters probably, if they're not, like, being attacked, probably have some, like, limited NPC sort of, like... Not really, like, artificial intelligence, but just, like, things that they can do. Like, idle animations. Oh, I see. So it's like it's like when you're in, uh, you know, Mass Effect, right? And the NPC uh, model turns to look at you as you walk past. Yeah, but that's it. There's okay. nothing going on up there. There's some there's some eye tracking maybe, and that's yeah. about it. Okay, okay, all right. I feel like if you opened a dual disc at, without being in a duel and just started playing cards, the monsters would come out and have nothing to do, so they would just kind of wander around. Okay, I like that. I actually Within I like that better. Space. I like that better than my fear, which was that they have sentience, and the only way that they can <laughs> live their lives is to be played in a card game. Please free me! I'm uh, real. <laughs> Send me to the graveyard. <laughs> my um, time on this earth is fleeting. <laughs> so we finally get to the plot of this episode. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Here's the entire plot, plot of this episode. It, it happens right here. Here's here's what my notes say. Kaiba, Mokuba, and Yugi ride the helicopter to the Rare Hunter's base. Kaiba asks Yugi about Merrick. That's it. That's the entire plot of this episode. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can do so at... No. Um. Yeah, It. that's it. That's the whole plot. I was genuinely um, wondering how much content we could get out of this episode because it is not literally nothing happens. Hoo boy! Uh, I will say, so they're in a helicopter. Mm-hmm. One that is the quietest helicopter I have ever heard in my life. It is silent in there. Two, 
that's the comfiest helicopter I've ever seen in my life. They're sitting on like a couch. Yeah. <laughs> they have like recliners. It's uh, it's the Kybercorp helicopter. He's not going to sit in any like plastic bucket seat. That's true. That's I true. I do want to note gotta, that uh, travel in style. Kaiba's theme song that plays here that we've hear, heard before, but it sounds like a generic ringtone that would come on your mm-hmm. texting phone from like 2005. You know, it sounds like yeah. it would be named something like Urban Groove. And like you're looking through the like default options yeah. for ringtones <laughs> through all the MIDI files. Oh, God. As soon as you say Urban Groove dot wave, right? Like that's that's all you need. Uh, it's good. I mean, I like it. I like it. I mean, this song was my favorite part of an episode not too long ago. It's a good song, but it is a ringtone. <laughs> it's definitely just a generic ringtone. Uh, um, yeah, how much more yeah. can we talk about the actual plot? There's a little <laughs> okay. bit. We can talk about the conversation they have. I just I'm, I want to I want to <laughs> explain to the listener the difference between our notes here <laughs> for this section. <laughs> I have uh, maybe a maybe a third a page of notes on this, right? You have two lines. <laughs> Do you want to read your two notes? <laughs> I'll highlight the ones I'm talking about. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, so they're talking about Yugi's trying to explain who he is and like he's trying to explain magic to Kaiba, who's just completely calling it BS. And he's just being a real dick about it, even though he's like seen and experienced magic before. And I just wrote down that I feel like Yugi just needs to mind crush Kaiba again a couple times because it obviously didn't stick the first time. Right. <laughs> There's a few more clowns on his soul that need to be shaved off. <laughs> Gotta get the rest of the posse off of there. And then the whole rest of the episode is just flashbacks. Be like, hey, remember the plot? Outside of the duels, there's this other plot going on. I know we mention it every episode, but hey, remember the plot? <laughs> and that's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, most of the way down my notes, I finally realize that this is just a clip show. And I ask, are we legitimately closing out the year on a clip show? We yes. are. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, I have Okay, I have some notes here on, on uh, what happens. Let me, let me prepare myself mentally and physically. Frosty. That's some good audio. This episode has driven me to drink. (laughs) (sighs) This episode, just like you said, Jimmy, has Yugi trying to explain magic to Kaiba. Because Kaiba goes, hey, what's up with that Merrick guy? I keep hearing this name, Merrick. Who's this Merrick person? And Yugi goes, well, it's simple, friend Kaiba. Um, There are... Uh, extremely powerful magical items in the world known as Millennium Items, and Merrick wants to gather all of them and slash or the three Egyptian god cards. In fact, ideally, he would like both so that he can have ultimate magical power and take over the universe. And Kaiba replies, ha, magic, that's not real, but I do want those cards. <laughs> yeah. And Yugi and... says, Kaiba, here's, I, I wrote down the line. Yes. He yells it. In this silent helicopter, he shouts it Kaiba! two feet to Kaiba. He goes, Kaiba, you have already experienced the power these items can wield. Or have you forgotten about Pegasus? 
Not to mention, you know, the time that I ripped a clown off of your immortal soul. <laughs> we get a flashback then of Kaiba losing to Pegasus back in Duelist Kingdom in season one. And I had forgotten this. I'd, I legitimately forgot this happened. So Me maybe, too. Ki- it was a long Kaiba, time ago. Maybe Kaiba and I have something in common. I don't know. Uh, but it happened to Kaiba, not me. Kaiba lost to Pegasus. And Pegasus said, that's fine. I'm going to go easy on you this time. Uh, I'll just take your soul. <laughs> and he did. And he did. And he put it in a card. <laughs> and then he and then he made <laughs> Kaiba's body be his slave. Yeah, he just goes whoop and uploads Kaiba's soul into his little card that he has in his hand. Uh, we cut back from that, that flashback. And Kaiba goes, huh, that was just a cheap trick. What are you talking about? To quote Kaiba. one of my favorite vines, bitch, where? <laughs> How on earth would that just be a cheap trick? Kaiba, please, I want to, can you expand on that? I want to hear your perspective on what exactly he could have been doing to trap your soul in the card just like through smoke and mirrors. Yeah, what are your Friday nights like? That being trapped in a card while your body is forced into indentured servitude is just like normal. Uh, Yugi responds to this in a brilliant way. This is the greatest line. This is this is how you convince someone that magic is real, right? This is this is the line you use. I'm not exactly who you think I am, Kaiba. I'm actually a five thousand year old spirit that lives inside the chambers of the Millennium Puzzle. And Kaiba says, "That's a lie." Then Yugi says, but it's not. Kaiba says, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, God, I know this is a clip show, and but it's just terrible. Tyler, it's awful. <laughs> and that's, okay, the last part I embellished a little bit, right? Like, he doesn't say, oh, okay, but that's the length of the conversation. Yeah, but that is that's the number like the, of words the that line saying. that Yugi says. I'm not exactly who you think I am, Kaiba. I'm actually a 5,000-year-old spirit that lives inside the chambers of the Millennium Puzzle. Okay. I'm going to use that next time I need to get out of jury duty. <laughs> That's something that would be muttered to you on a bus. That's something that has been muttered to me on a bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, you know, and and it, like, that part isn't what works either on Kaiba, because Kaiba immediately goes, That's a lie. And then Yugi goes, no, it's true. You have to believe me. And then Kaiba goes, oh. And then he has another flashback. And he has a flashback. Uh, what, does he, what does he say exactly? He says, um, when Yugi reveals that he's uh, an ancient spirit, he goes, ancient spirit? And then he flashes back to meeting uh, Ishizu in the Domino City Museum when she used her magic, again, the Millennium Items, to show him the flashback of uh, the sort of past lives of Seto and Yugi uh, having dueled each other and this whole prophecy about how they have to duel each other again. And he, he like, returns to the present and he goes, Oh, yeah, I oh, met yeah. that lady. Yeah, I met that lady and I believe her prophecy for some reason and this whole tournament is her fault. And I guess I believe in magic now. <laughs> he just slow, all the pieces were there, but he's like just slowly putting it together, but he like still long... doesn't believe Yugi. I, no, I, I don't think he believes Yugi, but I, I think he believes in the heart of the cards. <laughs> <laughs> Wink. Um, 
it, it, it's it's sort of a slow like lady doing math gif. Yeah. He I don't know the actual name of that. Meme. Barely just like each piece of the puzzle is just kind of like getting slotted into place. So they sit in silence for a while. This is the part of the show where I realized that it was a clip show. And uh, admittedly, I stopped paying as much attention. We get a Yugi. lot of flashbacks here. We don't really need to talk about all of them. I want you want I want to talk about all of them. Okay. I want to talk about all. Of, I want to at least mention all of them. Okay. So Yugi sits in silence and he thinks about when he first heard the name Merrick. Uh. Yugi flashes back to when he first battled uh, the Exodia Rare Hunter. I don't know that we get a name for this guy, but he's the guy that took Joey's Red Eyes Black Dragon. And had all uh, the Exodia pieces. Right. Uh, after Joey walked uh, 500 miles and <laughs> walked 500 more just to be at Serenity's Hospital. Um, and uh, he, had, he had all the Exodia pieces. He had several copies of all the Exodia pieces. And uh, this is a guy who summoned Exodia's head. (laughs) (laughs) Just summoned Exodia's head head, uh, in defense mode at one point during this duel, just to to give himself some monster on the field. Um, We get a good shot in this flashback. This is why I like this flashback of Yugi shouting, you activated my trap card. Uh, And then he plays Chain Destruction. (laughs) <laughs> which shows a, a chain with a spike on the end going into this guy's dual disc. And the rare hunter shouts, ah, it struck my deck. <laughs> oh, right in the deck. Right in the deck. Oh, <laughs> it struck it. <laughs> I done been struck. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, so that's when Yugi first heard the name of Merrick, because when that rare hunter lost, Merrick took over his mind. Uh, and and uh, uh, sort of introduced himself to Yugi for the first time. And he talks about, like, the Egyptian god cards. Uh, he refers to them as a trio of powerful behemoths that used to wander around Egypt just wrecking shit. I like I like that verbiage a lot. I, a trio I of powerful behemoths? Yeah, like, Egyptian god cards is, like, pretty cool, but trio of powerful behemoths could definitely be its own card, right? I play Trio of Powerful Behemoths. <laughs> it's an eight-star earth monster with 3,900 attack and 2,800 defense. And when I flip summon it, it can, I don't know. It's just all the Egyptian god cards, except they're just like all smashed together like they're in an elevator that's too small. <laughs> it's uh, they're, they're all in that opening shot from The Incredibles when he's in his little car. <laughs> They're uh, they're uh, commuting. They're carpooling on the way to they're the car- duel. They're carpooling. <laughs> Slifer can't fit. He's in the front seat, so he's just got like the seat is filled with his big snake body, and then like his head is sticking out the window. <laughs> like half of him is ghost riding the whip. Yeah, and then um, Obelisk the Tormentor is just taking up the entire back seat, just like with his elbows and his shoulders up around his ears. <laughs> His teeny little head sticking out of the sunroof. Yeah. the What's the third one that we haven't seen yet? Uh, the Winged Dragon of Ra. The Winged oh, Dragon of Ra would be. The Jimmy, winged we've dragon been watching the show. <laughs> we've been watching the show for a bit. Winged Dragon of Ra. Sorry, go ahead. The Winged Dragon of Ra would be driving. It's his car. Ab- absolutely. And eating a sandwich in one hand. Yeah, his minivan. 
we cut okay we cut away from the flashback and everyone put point, back there watch <laughs> out for the cheerios in the seats my kids have been chucking them everywhere <laughs> Ah, uh, damn it, I forgot my briefcase. Oh, Slifer, get your head inside. We're about to go through a tunnel. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Slifer, I think Darl is leaving me. <laughs> Slifer's got... Uh, they, like, they, like, go through the McDonald's drive-thru for breakfast, and Slifer's, like, drinking a coffee through one mouth and, like, eating hash browns through the second mouth. <laughs> He explains afterwards that he's been reading a book about multitasking. <laughs> oh, God. Obelisk the Tormentor wearing a tie would be the best thing ever. <laughs> no other clothes, just like just, a red tie. Just a tie and like a li- one of those like fake collars. <laughs> <laughs> and he's oh. got like his tiny little tiny, tiny, tiny glass of like orange juice. <laughs> that he's got like he can barely hold it because his hands are so big so he's just got it between two claws Egyptian <laughs> office buddies Egyptian office buddies <laughs> and he's like having trouble drinking it because he doesn't have any lips <laughs> <laughs> oh man Ra put my stapler in jello again <laughs> Ra, did you see the new Game of Thrones? <laughs> it's really gone downhill since the seventh season. <laughs> Are you on for the chili cook-off on Thursday? I can't stop picturing Slifer trying to type <laughs> with his little arms. <laughs> Does he have little arms? <laughs> Am I misremembering that? <laughs> oh, God, that tickled me. Oh, boy. Oh, wow, this says something about my search history. When I type in SL and it goes Sly for the Sky Dragon. <laughs> yeah, he's got Yeah, he's got, arms. like, big segmented arms. Yeah. And claws. And, well, they're just so far away from his eyes. <laughs> you, you have to, like, look up and type and then lo- and then look back to make sure. His uh, His keyboard is on an extension cord. Just like right in front of him. And then his actual computer monitor is like on the other side of the room. So he has room for his face to fit in his cubicle. It's uh, it's ergonomic. <laughs> it's, it's a floating desk. It's a floating desk. <laughs> it's just like 200 feet straight up in the air. <laughs> I keep asking the Pharaoh if I can work from home on Fridays. Get some work-life balance. Wear my fuzzy slippers. Darla wants me to spend more time with the kids. I can't believe they're doing this for the kids. I can't believe they're making casual Fridays mandatory. (laughs) Running out of Hawaiian shirts. (laughs) Okay, they would all have dope Hawaiian shirts. They would, though. They would have the best taste in Hawaiian shirts. Everything goes well with gold. Would Slifer to Sky Dragon have, like, a normal-sized Hawaiian shirt, or would it, like, extend the length of his body? <laughs> if Slifer the Sky Dragon wore pants, would he wear them like this or like this? <laughs> See, I'm just picturing Slifer the Sky Dragon wearing two separate visors. <laughs> <laughs> 
He only has one set of eyes, though. Yeah, but you kind of want one for each mouth. Otherwise, it's unsettling to have one mouth over the visor. <laughs> like, it, it would go mouth, visor, eyes, mouth. Well, the eyes are above the first mouth. Are they? I stopped yeah. looking at it, so I forgot what he looks like. <laughs> I have I have uh, object and permanence issues when it comes to Egyptian god cards, apparently. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> we back cut to back. the actual episode. We cut back to the helicopter. Back to the... A shitty episode instead of the fun thing we were talking about. <laughs> uh, this is one of my favorite parts. I don't remember if I listed this as my best part of the episode or not. We'll get there. We cut back to the helicopter, and you can see the moment when everything clicks for Mokuba. Because Mokuba has been thinking about it. I don't think any of them have spoken in several minutes. Mokuba's been thinking about it and says, Oh, you mean magic is real? This guy Merrick wants all of it? Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And then Kaiba is immediately like, hey, Yugi, stop recruiting my brother into your weird cult. <laughs> <laughs> but it just makes sense to him. Mokuba's like, oh, yeah, all this shit's been going down, uh, and the rare hunters are working for somebody weird, and I guess magic is a good motive. <laughs> sure. Why did you kill him? Well, I wanted magic. Well, that checks out. Seto, Yugi invited me to his youth group on Wednesday night. Can I go? <laughs> uh, I need to track down my Mokuba Bible fanfic <laughs> Dear God, please do uh, Okay, yeah, so so Kaiba, yeah, Kaiba thinks it's bullshit Yugi reminds him Ah, okay, Yugi reminds him Kaiba, you witnessed Mer- Merrick's magic Do you not remember my duel against Slifer the Sky Dragon? Kaiba, how Literally. can you not remember all of this magic you've seen? And this was literally 30 minutes ago in universe, right? Like, Oh, yeah, it was, less. huh? Because they, they went straight from that to the duel with Loomis and Umbra, which, granted, did take four episodes, <laughs> but then immediately got on this helicopter. It's been, at most, one hour. <laughs> and Kaiba refuses to acknowledge it. We have a flashback to the duel uh, against Strings, where Strings played Slifer the Sky Dragon, and uh, Yugi used a actually really fun strategy, um, taking advantage of Strings's uh, Survival Jam card, which is not, I think as we probably made the joke several times during that episode, not a, uh, a, a Space Jam prog rock uh, oh. group, <laughs> or a, or a Space Jam reboot. Um, so, so yeah, so the the survival jam thing was fun. Like it's a monster that revives every time it's killed. Slifer has this thing that's like every time, uh, it kills a monster, it attacks again or no, every time it attacks a monster, it, you draw two cards or every time a monster is, oh, it did a lot. (sighs) Every time a monster is summoned. Slide for the Sky Dragon automatically attacks, and every time Slide for the Sky Dragon attacks, the owner draws two cards. Yeah. So it was this loop of strings attacking and, and drawing and attacking and drawing and attacking and drawing. We cut away from that. Back to the helicopter. Kaiba says, Using magic powers to control people's minds? I bet you still believe in the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> I knew him personally. <laughs> I want to look up. Do you remember the the 
the Dwayne the Rock Johnson tooth fairy. film, The Tooth Fairy. He would fit right into the Yu-Gi-Oh verse. He would. Oh, okay, yeah, it's a 2010 film, so that, that wouldn't have been relevant here. Um, God, just... the tagline for the movie was, you can't handle the tooth. <laughs> uh, I there was... just searched Yu-Gi-Oh Tooth Fairy to see if anything would come up, but no, unfortunately. Uh... Uh, there was also a uh, 2012 sequel to Tooth Fairy, Tooth Fairy 2, starring Label the Carry, uh, Label the Carry Guy, Wowzers, uh, Larry the Cable Guy. Get her done. Thrilling. Yeah. Thrilling yeah, yeah, yeah. cinema. He, uh, he got it done. Um. So, okay. So, where are we at at this point? Jesus Christ. Oh, Yugi remembers that Merrick captured his friends with mind control. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So they sit in awkward silence again for a while. And Yugi is like, wait a second. Why are we going after Merrick? Now that I remember where I first heard his name, allow me to remember my motivation here. Uh, And he remembers that Merrick captured his friends and flashes back to the time when he got the Red Eyes Black Dragon card. Uh, Well, he he defeated that rare hunter for it that we mentioned earlier. And he was going to give it back to Joey. And Joey says, no, you keep it. It's like having a part of me in your dick. I mean, deck. And uh yeah, and they shake hands. And I think yep. that's the Yujo friendship. It's Yujo friendship. There it is. Um I spaced out for a lot of this last sequence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your notes are getting kind of sparse here, bud. Uh, all the, that's these all right. flashbacks were just completely unnecessary. Not a lot going on there. Um the best <laughs> the best thing that happens here is as Yugi is flashing back to this, we we sort of overlay his very serious face on top of this flashback, right? Like he is he is mad that Merrick took his best friend Joey and that other person Taya that he has interacted with on occasion. He is angry, and then we get a shot that may be familiar to our millennial viewers. We get a shot of his fist at his side, and it clenches. <laughs> he pulls the Arthur meme. He legit pulls the Arthur meme. There is no way around it. Or or rather, an animator on Arthur saw this episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> or clenching your fist in anger was common to... It's a common show of anger across the planet. There it is. Universal symbols. Yu-Gi-Oh! Bringing the world together. Uh, we get an announcement at this point from the pilot of the helicopter who is never shown. We get an announcement saying that we are two miles from the target meaning that somehow Mokuba got to a helicopter or at least across town two miles faster the first time than the way they're going now how did he get there did he get picked up by a helicopter Right. Did he Naruto run the whole way? I bet Mark <laughs> right. Mokuba would Naruto run the whole way. Did they have Did they have a tailwind? <laughs> yeah, how slow is this dang helicopter? They have been flying the entire episode. And here's here's the thing. So uh, at the end of God, was it the end of the last episode that we hear the uh, the time that it's going to take? Do you know what I'm talking about? Was it the end of the last episode? They get in the helicopter, oh. and they're like, uh, 15 minutes till till arrival. They said something about 
along those lines last episode, but I don't remember exactly how long they said. I want to say it was 15 minutes. Uh, <laughs> apparently it's not. Apparently it's 20 to go two miles. <laughs> Slow-ass helicopter. How? Why? How? Is there a headwind? <laughs> Kaiba uh, doesn't take it very fast because he wants a smooth and luxurious ride. Oh, that must be it. That must be it. It's in the Kaiba Court bylaws. <laughs> anytime anytime Kaiba's in a helicopter, you have to go under one mile an hour. Yeah, unless he's in the Blue Eyes white jet, which he doesn't right, have well, he, yet. He pilots that himself. That's yeah. got the extra cushy leather. <laughs> um... Yugi is is frustrated. He wants his friend Antea back. Uh, and Kaiba <laughs> Kaiba goes, I am sick of hearing about your friends. Yeah, he's your like, friends. Yeah, Kaiba has just had it with Yugi complaining about how his friends got mind slaved and kidnapped. And he like makes a dig at Joey. I forget what exactly he says, but he like it's the thing is, is it's not as it's not as good as any of his past digs at, at Joey, or I would have written it down. It's not even like a dog joke. No, that incompetent your, Joey or something like that. Your friend who's bad at cards. Um, you just like actually, yeah, he's. He yells at Kaiba, no, Joey is good at cards now. He got into the finals. <laughs> I trained him. I and gave him many of my own cards. <laughs> and then we get another flashback to the time that Joey beat Esper. Um, Esperoba. Esperoba. The psychic kid. With, uh, with uh, weirdly, not even his own card. Like, he, he used the roulette spider. Oh yeah, which apparently just like disappeared into the void after that duel because we never see it again, uh, and it attached to <laughs> Jinzo's face and turned Jinzo into some weird bound and gagged <laughs> Hellraiser. We get some some very good shots of <laughs> of Jinzo again, which I'm sure you loved. There uh, are no good shots of Jinzo. <laughs> then we get to see Joey beat Weevil again uh, when he fought the giant ultimate great moth. And the and, insect and queen. the insect queen. Yeah, uh, that episode had some of my favorite Joey lines, and they have all of them in this flashback. All of them in this one flashback. Uh, they jump from time to exterminate your queen to Joey calling Weevil Weevil underpants to after Weevil has lost <laughs> Zingdom uh, <laughs> roast to, to, that motherfucker <laughs> to after. <laughs> After Weevil is lost, maybe the best Joey line. This is a very good yet. line. Welcome to Loseville, Weevil. Population, you. Got him. <laughs> uh, and then we get a third flashback to when Joey beat Mako Tsunami this last time in the Shamu tank. Flashbacks on flashbacks on flashbacks on flashbacks. <laughs> I... I <laughs> choose to believe that this is like an Inception thing. And the, the, the more flashbacks yugi has the slower his perception of outside time is <laughs> that's why the the helicopter has been going so long it's actually been flying for like three minutes but right, he's just right. like nesting his like consciousness into time so he can formulate a strategy <laughs> he's incepting uh kaiba with believing in magic 
oh shit there it is there it is we did it that's the plot that's the plot of the episode jimmy <laughs> you finished you did it now we just have to get leonardo dicaprio to play yugi in the live action remake i would love to see leonardo dicaprio in a Oh wig god What's can a, you imagine how do you do a leo dicaprio impression you squint what a lot are, you squint a lot i guess yeah you activated my trap card. That's nothing. I don't. I don't know. Uh, we get yeah, oh yeah. We get the flashback to when Joey beat Mako um, again, featuring a really good line where Joey's like, "Any last words?" And Mako says, "Yes, six. This duel is not over yet." <laughs> I appreciate you counting each word on your fingers. <laughs> you have to, otherwise, I lose track. I can only count to 10. Uh, um, and yeah. just keep going. Do you want to yeah. read his last line? Yeah. So <laughs> we we start to slowly fade out. We get a little bit of music here. Yugi looks meaningfully out the window. He says, not to worry, my friends. I promise I'll set you free. <laughs> Which is kind of a s- strange way of saying it. Not to worry. That's not like, to worry, my friends. Not to worry, my friends, is something you would say, like, if you're going to the train station later, but it starts to rain. <laughs> right. <laughs> not to worry, my friends, I'll get my umbrella. <laughs> uh, uh, not to he, worry. The weirdest thing is, like, he says this line almost... Like, he says it seriously, but he says it in the serious way that Yugi says everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's monotone for Yugi. There's nothing really extra going on here. But the animation does that thing where the animation shakes. And then you see a bit of his, like, he took his jacket off, so he's wearing yeah, a, a he's tank wearing, top. He's got his tank top. He's wearing his school kid uniform as a cape. And he has been this whole time as he's been transformed into Big Yugi. But you get a shot of his biceps here, and he's kind of buff. Ugh. All them lifting cards, I guess. I don't know. He just clenches his arm the whole time he's holding cards, doing oh. arm workouts. <laughs> he's got he's got dual disc arm. Oh, that makes he's sense. Holding his right arm out at a 90 degree. <laughs> God, that would get so tiring. That would get really tiring. I um, This, this will surprise no one. Uh, in my church-going days, a way that I tried to indoctrinate the youth into my cult was by performing puppetry. I didn't know that, but it yeah. fits right in with what I know of your past. Yeah. Uh, we, we put on skits uh, sure. starring puppets that I, I uh, operated many of. And one of the things you have to do to train to hold up a puppet is just hold a weight up in the air. Up in the air? Up in the air. For however long so i had like a five pound weight and i just hold up in the air that's not something i'd ever had to think about before but that makes sense it would yeah. get tiring doing puppets yeah must get tiring uh playing duel monsters uh it's getting tiring talking about this episode yeah because we're already at the end wow hey do you remember 40 minutes ago when we said the entire plot of this episode <laughs> and then we hey. spent another 40 minutes talking about it in depth do you remember 40 minutes ago when I read the summary of this episode? Can I read the summary to you one more time? Please do. As they head via helicopter to Merrick's hideout, Yugi and Kaiba discuss the events of the past. 
Meanwhile, Taya and Joey are brainwashed by Merrick as a part of his diabolical plan to lure Yugi into a deadly and inescapable trap. Did that second part happen? No. 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 Really, the first part didn't really happen either. Yugi is just like, mm, yeah. hey, magic is real. And Kaiba's like, what? No, it's not. Yugi's like, oh, uh, yeah, it is. And Kaiba's like, uh-huh. mm, maybe it is. And that's it. That's it. That's the plot of this episode. This was... This, I, okay, I have I have a recent real life example for how this episode felt to me. What, if I may, Jimmy? Do you remember how we were originally planning on recording last night? Yeah, and then I was like, well, you know, like Lauren had a thing, but also, uh, the Senate, pardon me, the House of Representatives, House of Representatives voted to impeach Donald Trump last night. Not going to talk about that part. Oh, that's, what, that's what I'll <laughs> say. Womp, womp. Um, <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, I started watching, but I am on UK time. Mm-hmm. So it started at like 5 p.m. my time. Oh, yeah. And it went all day. It went, it went all day. And I didn't even realize that it was happening yesterday. I was just completely out of the loop for some reason. And I pulled it up and I started watching. And I realized, wait a second, this isn't the vote. This is the speeches leading up to the vote. This is just people ranting. And they do it in such a weird way where they have two representatives, the the leaders, and they go, I would like to concede two minutes of my time to the gentleman from Georgia. And then the gentleman from Georgia is recognized and he stands and he spends two minutes doing his rant. And then he sits down and goes back to the leader and he goes, now I'd like to concede one and three quarters of my time to the lady from California. And the lady from California stands, does a minute and three quarters, etc. And they do this in less than two minute chunks, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. For 10 hours. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> no, watch I don't know, any of six that. Six hours. Six hours total, I think. An unnecessarily each side, long time. Each side gets three hours, it turns out. That they break into two minute chunks. It's the for worst. Each person. It's the worst. And it is exactly what you said about this episode. Yuh huh. Nuh uh. Yuh huh. Nuh uh. <laughs> and no one changes their mind about anything. Yeah. It's literally here's all this evidence of things that you yourself have seen before and has affected you personally versus nuh uh. <laughs> <laughs> Truly compelling words. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Oh, uh, sorry. The episode ends on a freeze frame of the helicopter approaching the warehouse. To be continued. Yeah, what was no, your best? no rescue actually happens. Yeah, uh, nothing got rescued. <laughs> you know what needs to be rescued? My time. Finding uh, best and worst of this episode was like, I don't know, pulling like a single hair out of like, two hairs you know <laughs> I, don't, I don't know yes. what else it's just like there's so little here that there's there's barely there's anything we can glean from this i guess the only good part that my best was getting to see yep. battle city as it's like an actual tournament instead of just yeah. following the protagonists around we get to see like other people off doing their own thing unrelated to whatever yugi's doing there's other right. people in the world and they're doing their own thing Yes, uh, people other than these six characters exist. Yeah, that was my best. 
<laughs> what was your best? I really enjoy your note here, but I'll let you talk my, about it. My best is selfish. I am so glad, uh, and this is a, a, as good a time as any to share with the listeners, this is going to be our, our last sort of Yu-Gi-Oh! episode of the year. Uh, we have a Christmas special plan that we'll, we'll talk about later. I am so glad that we get to end this year of Yu-Gi-Oh! with a clip show. Because it made taking notes for this episode so goddamn easy. <laughs> My notes on this are, oh, remember that when, when that one thing happened? That was fun. Oh, remember Joey? I do. Remember, uh, remember... Who? <laughs> remember Weevil? I do remember Weevil. Remember Mako Tsunami? Yeah, I love that guy. What a, what a, what a good guy. Remember Shamu? <laughs> Shamu! Shamu was in that one. And that was just, that was kind of a fun part for me. I was like, you know what? I needed this. It's been a long year. Yeah. Here that, we are. Here we are. I love how little we have to say about our bests. <laughs> There's just nothing here. There's nothing here. There is no content. This is reheated leftovers of content that we saw last time. Uh, what was your worst part of this episode? My worst part was this clip show is only 20 minutes long, but I still got bored. God damn. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> there was nothing of substance whatsoever in this episode. This Absolutely nothing. Like, it's not even like padding for time. This episode literally did not need to exist. No, Like, this... some episodes are, like, clearly filler. But they, right. like, still go out of their way to, like, make something up for them. This had nothing going for it. But what about... Nope. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, but what about the part in this episode where... Um... Uh, the stuff happened? <laughs> What's your worst? My worst was that I was reminded that the only reason that Joey beat Weevil, my good and perfect son, was that because Gearfried is the Iron Knight. Oh, yeah. And apparently Iron is impervious to plants because reasons. <laughs> reasons that aren't on the goddamn card. Parasites can't affect Iron. It can affect this robots. Iron right there. <laughs> it can affect it, it robots can affect... and like space <laughs> creatures and oh, like satellites and jars and all this other shit. But Gearfried is iron, so he he's affect he's not affected. Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> <laughs> rules. <laughs> that was my worst. Yeah, it was dumb. It says a lot that your worst is just a reference to a previous episode. Yeah, my, my worst part of this episode was actually my worst part of a, a different episode. <laughs> oh, God, that happened. <laughs> uh, do you have that moment, like, where you feel sort of retroactive shame for something that happened 12 years ago and no one remembers but you? Oh, all the time. At two in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this That's what this felt like. Ah. <sighs> I'm trying to figure out how I would, like, rate this episode on our axes when we don't see real any actual story or any card games. It's just yeah, that's a good reminding question. us of stuff that happened previously. I Okay, well, let's let's talk about that. Let's, let's move into that real quick. So every week uh, we have been ranking the episodes on uh, two axes, uh, if you can explain what those are real quick, Joey. 
Joey, Jimmy. So sorry. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Jesus. Yes, yeah, I'm, the I'm first. like reading. I'm like reading Yu-Gi-Oh shit. We've got an x-axis and a y-axis, see? And one of them's actual story versus dumb bullshit. The other is actual card game rules versus dumb bullshit. Wow, thank um, you for describing that as both Joey and Jimmy. <laughs> um, I feel like this one, actual story, it would be like a one because tiny, tiny, tiny amount of plot happens. Like one grain of sand worth of plot happens. Yeah, and, but yeah I, okay. I feel like we only ever see card games in flashbacks, and we see, like, examples of both. We do see the combo that he used to take down Slifer the Sky Dragon, but we also get Yerfried the Iron Knight. Yeah. So I feel like it balances out. I feel like this is a true neutral scenario in the card game rules axis. It's a zero. I, I... I was filling out my half of the chart here while while you're going through that, and I yeah, I'm at zero for both. It's this is a nothing episode, <laughs> true neutral, and I can't even like I can't rank it in the negative because if I put it in the negative, that would put it towards like BS, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah, it's it's so there's so little substance that there's nothing to go on here. I'm looking through the chart here. This is so far the only true neutral episode. It's the only episode that's even close. Yeah, I haven't uh, been filling out any of my ratings. Everything else sways in one direction or the other. This is... um, Boy, this episode is boring. Of this podcast, too, it turns out. Wow. Funny how that works. Sorry, everyone. We do, what, we do what we can. Uh, shall we move into bless you? Thank you? Shall we move into our next segment? Please do. Let's end this. All right. As we do every week, we bring on my partner Lauren, who's been waiting in the wings, trying to get our dog to stop biting things. Licking. <laughs> oh, licking things. Pardon me. As is uh, he. Oh, as sorry, he is known to here. do. As is his want. Uh, you have you have your headphones and right. <laughs> So you got headphones there. Oh, you got a microphone. I'm gonna reach over. I'm gonna every turn week off the except last week. Yeah, how was oh, your party? I'm sorry. I feel like every time we're recording oh, now, you're going to different parties. Living. I it know. Up. There's so many holiday parties here. Apparently, conservators know how to party. Yeah, we're cool. Cool folks. We're really cool. You. They know where they um, keep all the weird chemicals. <laughs> no, it's it's well, yes. Well. Um, it's, but it's, it's jars it's, of manufactured saliva. <laughs> yeah, don't remind me. It's British archaeologists and wine. Mm-hmm, they love mm-hmm. their wine. Oh, I bet. Oh, sorry. Nodding can't be heard on the podcast. <laughs> Lauren and I are both just like nodding mm-hmm, at each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not an audio thing. I've um, never had more free wine than in archaeology departments in England. Party hard. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess so, yeah. They're really into it. Um every week we bring Lauren on to play a segment that I like to call Almost Yugi. Every Week. <laughs> Almost every week we bring Lauren on <laughs> to play a little segment I like to call Yugi or not. Uh, Ooh. 
Every week we Ooh. have a selection a of uh, thank you. Uh, a, a selection of things that are Yu-Gi-Oh cards and things that sound like Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and it is up to Lauren to determine which is which. Uh, the results may vary. And I am no better than a completely random distribution. <laughs> <laughs> One time you did perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, another time you did None. the worst you could do. Yep. Um, all right. So this week we have five card names, three of which are actual Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and two of which are songs by the Norwegian death metal band, pardon me, death pop band, Blood Command. Great. Blood Blood Command is a real Yu-Gi-Oh card. That's my final. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I've selected the the song names and the card names. Uh, Jimmy does not know which is which, so he cannot help you. Oh, what are you? Oh, you're going to get your coffee there that I am sitting in front of. My bad. There you go. Um, All right. So allow me to, as you take a, a sip. Uh, allow me to read out the card names and then I will let the two of you deliberate. I'm not going to read them. I'm not going to look at your screen this time. Okay. All, all audio. All right. Here we go. Keep them in your mind. Card number one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Card number one. The fabled unicorn. Unicorn? Unicorn. Unicorn. No, 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 no. Ah, Unicorn. Thank you. The fabled unicorn. Card number two. Swords at dawn. Mm. Card number three, ghost clocks. <laughs> That's one word, ghost clocks. What if time was spooky? <laughs> uh, card number four, March of the Swan Elite. Oh. Honk, honk. Card, num- <laughs> <laughs> card number five, Manju of the Ten Thousand Hands. How many of each? Uh, there's three real cards uh-huh. and two songs by the Norwegian death pop band Blood Command. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a hint here. Oh. Uh, I'm gonna I'm, let me read you. It's a, not going to make any difference. Let me let me read you in my marks. Uh, a a title of another song from Blood Command. Uh, let me see here. Let me let me just see if I can pull one up. Um, do 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 do. Uh, cult drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Quitters don't smoke. Uh-huh. Which is a thinker. Uh huh. Nervous laughter. Finally. All I do is maketh shit dope. <laughs> Blood command. Hmm. Do you want me to read the cards to you again? No. Okay. That's okay. Now I am looking at your screen. Okay. All right. I think, I don't know. I just got a feeling that Swords at Dawn is a song. Okay. By the Norwegian death pop band Blood, Blood command. command. It sounds like it would be a song. It does, doesn't it? I've already, this is going well. I've already forgotten how many I'm supposed to guess are songs. Two of them are songs. Two are songs. Okay. Oh, man. I really want Ghost Clocks to be a real card. 
I'm going to do, I'm going to say it because I want it to be real. Whether or not it's real, I don't know, but. Okay. All right. I want it to be a card. So, I, so, so far. So, Swords of Dawn. Yeah, is a song. Song. Ghost Clocks. A card. Card. Okay. Um, I also think that I'm, st- I don't know why, because it hasn't necessarily panned out for me very well in the past, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I, I'm going with my nonsense words are Yu-Gi-Oh cards yep. theory. So, the fabled unicorn is a card. Right. Okay. Is what I think. Uh huh. I can see Jimmy getting ready to Google it. And then I think <laughs> March of the Swan Elite is a song as well, which makes Manju of the Ten Thousand Hands a card. Okay. That's what I think. Okay. So remind me again, which ones do you think are the the songs? Swords at Dawn and March of the Swan Elite. Okay. Final answer. I guess. All right. The results are in. The Fabled Unicorn. It's a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Oh, hell yeah. It's one point. Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. <laughs> Swords at Dawn is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Oh, man. All right. So still at one point. Doing all right. I got too excited with the first point. Ghost Clocks. Is a song by the Norwegian death pop oh, band. Oh, I Blood knew Command. it. You know, I knew that as it's I was saying album. it. It's an album of theirs, Ghost uh, Clocks. And a song? And a song. Okay, I was going to say, because that's cheating. I think it's a single. It wasn't. I think it's a single. Okay. So that's one point. March of the Swan Elite is a song. Ah, all right. So that's two points. All right. Meaning Manju of the 10,000 Hands is a real Yu-Gi-Oh card. Yeah. Giving Lauren a total of three out of five points. Awesome. That's exactly what i wanted to score so <laughs> wow <laughs> really nailed it <laughs> i sure did all right <laughs> uh jimmy have you looked up the fabled unicorn i have looked up all, uh, a lot of these cards and i have to say i'm kind of disappointed by the fabled unicorn yeah it's you because know, it's... it's literally just a unicorn yeah I don't know yeah. what makes it a unicorn. Uh, I thought maybe it would be a robot. Oh. I But what it does I, have I think it is. It's a synchro card, so it is a robot. Well, it you know where there is a robot riding the fabled unicorn. There's uh, what? a tiny little onion headed robot guy. Oh my god, it is riding oh, on the saddle. The fabled unicorn has like it looks like a chow. <laughs> It does. Like a silver chow. Uh, wow, if you didn't know to look for that, you would just completely miss it. It is the exact same color as the unicorn. Unicorn. Unicorn, pardon me. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Close call. Yeah, it's just a white unicorn, and then it has this tiny, tiny little guy riding on its back. What's this deal? That's the fable. <laughs> uh, Swords at Dawn, I also looked up, and you would think it would be like, a duel happening right at the morning, but it's just some real dorky looking elf guy uh, wielding two swords and he's like, whoosh, and his armor is not covering his abs. Sorry, That's I, not the card that Tyler no, pulled I, up. <laughs> I had pulled up a card from our, our monster bracket coming up. Swords at dawn. Swords at dawn sounds like a euphemism for Morningwood. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. All right. <laughs> swords plural. Okay, dirty. <laughs> I don't know. More than one sword. Oh yeah, huh? swords. I don't know. Whatever you're into. Yeah, swords at dawn is is um, 
Swords at Dawn is the screen that you get when you beat Castlevania in a certain time. This guy is definitely some uh, some DeviantArt OC. Do not steal original yeah. character. Yeah, copyright, copyright, copyright. Tm tm tm. He's like he's he's like hunching as well. That looks like really uncomfortable. He's gonna get a sore neck doing that. That's true. With, he's gonna get a cramp. you know sword wielding like that. Gonna it's get a not, cramp. Yeah. He looks mm-hmm. like if Jim Dark Magic was a barbarian. Yeah. <laughs> This this is uh, Griffin's new character in the Adventure Zone. This is um, what's his name? Sir Fitzroy. Banana Maple hammock. Court. Right. I got it. Sir Fitzroy Maple Court. There it is. I feel like this guy's whole armor situation is literally just to hold his cape on. It is not actually providing him yeah. any defense. It's not protecting anywhere that needs protection. Are those horns? On his shoulders, yeah. No, on his head. Oh. I can't tell oh, on his if they're pants. horns or just like big weird ears. Big weird ears. Like bat ears. All right. I Google this. Well, not don't tease him. <laughs> don't make fun of him. But yeah. I need Lauren to see Manju of the 10,000 hands. I also need to see that. All right. I'm pulling it up. Uh, let me see here. Oh, no. Manju. Oh no! I I also I need to clarify for the Ooh. listeners because I, the pronunciation here is not in our favor. Manju of the ten thousand hands. Manju is one word. It's M A N J U. We're not like. Oh, I'm Manju. not trying to say a slur. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, but he does have ten thousand hands. He ch- oh, does, or maybe not ten thousand. He's got a lot of them got though. A lot of hands. I don't think there's ten thousand on there. This is a fairy card. One, two, three, four, five. He's like a robot. Eight, nine, ten. He looks like robot Clayface or something. Do you know what this is? What? I'm going to make a movie recommendation for all our listeners. 24, 25, 26. Terminator 2? 26. 26 hands. Yep. Yeah, not as catchy. No. Um, I am going to uh, recommend a movie for folks who are into Japanese horror question mark it's not like a it's a thriller it's not mm. really a horror movie it's a supernatural thriller you would never watch Tetsuo a horror the movie. iron man i would never watch it never never watch a horror movie in my life you have um, you liked it <laughs> that's true um tetsu the iron man uh, the the main character gets turned into a horrible metallic man that uh consumes and shoots bullets from his body uh oh, and he okay. looks pretty much like this Huh. Oh, yeah. Yikes. I just Googled Tetsuo the Iron Man. This is kind of horrifying to look at. It is not Robert Downey Jr. Not, do not, nope. Not Mm -mm. that Iron Man. Not that Iron Man. It does look very much like Tetsuo from Akira, though. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, Yep, It's, uh, it's a lot. For people who can't see Manju of the Ten Thousand Hands, it's a guy who's like made out of metal and he's like exploding into like a whole bunch of hands. Pepper doesn't like it. He's whining into the <laughs> mic. <laughs> he doesn't understand what podcasting is yet. Pepper, we've been doing this for like two years, bud. You know what this is. Yeah, and you have to be in video meetings like every day. Every day. Maybe that's what he thinks this is. He thinks that I'm in a meeting now, so he needs to get in my lap. I mean, you are kind of in a meeting. I'm kind of in a meeting. Jimmy, now that we have Lauren here to help us out. Hi. 
Let's move into our final segment of the show. It's time for the monster bracket. Woo! Every week, we pit two monsters in a battle to the death to see who will stay and who will go and who will become the ultimate battle champion. This week on the docket, <sighs> I'm going to be sad about this one. I'm not going to lie. This week on the docket, Amazonist Swordswoman versus Machine King. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Machine. On one side, Amazonist Swordswoman. Uh, Amazonist? Amazonist Swordswoman. You know, the female version of a regular Amazon. You know, Amazon. <laughs> right. You know how Amazon is typically male? Uh huh. You know, you know how right. you always hear Amazon men? Yeah. This is an Amazonist. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's Amazon.com for women. <laughs> for her. For her. Uh, uh, yeah. It's just an Amazon.com where everything's pink. <laughs> Gross. Uh, um, Am- Amazon a swordswoman can be described as boobs and a big sword. Yep. Yep. That's basically it. She's a, she's a soul caliber character. She is a soul caliber character. I'm still not uh, entirely sure what's going on with her hair. What isn't going on with her she hair? She kind of looks like Yugi. Yeah. In the face uh, and the hair a little bit. A little bit. Just with how crazy and spiked the hair is. Mm-hmm. If you if you didn't look from the collarbone down. Uh-huh. <laughs> cover up half my screen here and look with one eye. She I can kind of see it. She looks like Pharaoh Yugi. Yeah. And she's yeah, the shape got, of the hair and everything. Yeah, um, I mean, I know they're all uh, anime characters and are all drawn in a similar style, but sure, sure. Her fantasy bra is not being held up by literally anything. I think it's clamped onto her chest with the claws yeah. that it's made out of. <laughs> this is this is not <laughs> this is not how bras work. Um, the bra supports the breasts, not the other way around. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this. Also, what is wrong with her rib cage? It's like seriously deformed. Well, all the fat went to the boobs. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's like, look at it. It's like curved the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, I think, I think it's she's turning. Her like torso mm-hmm. is turning. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing kind of the, the side a little bit. But yeah, it doesn't look good regardless. It's not good. Um, But she is buff. I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Machine King. She works out. She works out. She works out. <laughs> Machine King King. does not work out. No. Machine Machine King King is literally Optimus Prime. It's Optimus Prime. Um, Machine King is a level 6 machine effect monster, 2200 attack, 2000 defense, uh, whereas uh, Amazon Swordswoman is a level 4 earth warrior effect monster, uh, 1500 attack, 1600 defect. Defect? Defense. (laughs) A lot of those today. Um, This card... It says for Amazon is Swordswoman. It's also known as Amazon Swordswoman. Oh. This card is first played as a normal monster. Okay. Cool. Uh, Machine King. Let me look up the card info here. The card text for Machine King says that Optimus Prime grew up on Cybertron. No, um, this card gains 100 attack for each machine type monster on the field. This card says that freedom is the right of all sentient beings. <laughs> And we must protect the Allspark. Um, how are we feeling? I kind of like 
both of these are not like the most original card. Yeah. No. I say Amazon <laughs> no. Swordswoman, and you know exactly what she looks like. Where Machine King. You say Machine King. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I have I have one issue with Amazon as Swordswoman. Swordswoman is not one word, and nope. she's not holding multiple swords. Nope. <laughs> so grammatically, I have need, I take umbrage. Counter counterpoint. Yeah. You are saying mm. that it should be one word. Amazon Swordswoman. Swordswoman. Yeah. Which is like, which is like a swordsman. Which is the other name for this card is Amazon Swordswoman. As a it, single word? As a single word. Oh. Well. My, my theory is that it is a typo in a different way and that they missed an apostrophe. And it is Amazon Swords possessive woman oh so the sword is the actual character here the woman belongs to the sword i see in a is very similar like way is alligator, alligator sword, sword. Uh-huh. alligator <laughs> sword doesn't have an apostrophe so it is it is the sword that belongs to the alligator right or clearly. rather it is the it is alligators and swords separately if there is an apostrophe it would right. be the sword that belongs to the alligator right. there should be an apostrophe here after the d in swords because clearly the sword is the main character here. I see. The sword is the protagonist. The woman is sort of the the quirky sidekick. You think it's like a sentient magical sword that got found in like a jungle temple by this woman. Yes, this is an Amazonist sword found by a woman from the Amazon. The Amazon, presumably. Not, not even found by this is um this is Emily Blunt's character in the upcoming hit film uh, Jungle Cruise <laughs> has found an enchanted sword. Jane from Tarzan. Jane from Tarzan found an, an enchanted sword and has now become the woman of this Amazonist sword. You think that wow. this woman holding the sword used to be just like a regularly dressed person, but then she grabs the sword and suddenly. Uh, it's like the mask, and her yes, com- it's exactly <laughs> like the mask. Changes. <laughs> it's exactly the mask. She becomes the hero happens... of ancient lore. This is the this is the sequel starring Cameron Diaz. <laughs> Still a better love story than Twilight. The Accurate. love between a woman and her sword. Accurate. Um, Machine King is a machine. Yeah, he is Optimus Prime. What more can we say about Machine King? Hit. There's no, there's no way around. Like, he's got a it's big, boring. He's got a big what? He's got a big red thing on his chest. Yeah. Like, what is that? It's not. It's he looks deactivated. He, yeah, does. he does. I'm wondering. I'm why... I'm not threatened by him. I'm wondering why his background looks like kelp, like he's at the bottom of an ocean. It looks like a green satin sheet. This is like green this... silk sheets that he's. Machine King is just kicking back in bed. (laughs) (laughs) He's just having a a relaxing night. There's a space right here for you. That's what's in his face. He's he's taking a selfie. Doesn't it it look like he's taking a selfie on the bed? His right arm is sort of going out of the frame (laughs) of the camera. (laughs) Hashtag chillaxing. That's that's the selfie. Uh, yeah, Machine King looks like the scene in the Iron Giant when the Iron Giant masquerades as a uh, uh, junk statue. You think he's taking a selfies here? He's taking some thirst traps for his Instagram? <laughs> yeah. 
showing off my allspark, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, I do want to say he does have a penis bump. Yeah. Does he? Oh, there's yeah, a little kinda. yellow bump there, kind of, kind of where the, uh, kind of oh where the belly God. button is. There's a little divot, and then there's just kind of a, what is that? That's just nothing. That's just a. That's where the legs yep. slot in. But oh, I guess they do. <laughs> All right. It's like a. Well, you see what you want to see, I guess. <laughs> oh, hi, Lauren. <laughs> I don't know. Neither of them are terribly compelling. No. Um, Agreed. Just from a perspective it's like a visual perspective i do think yeah. machine king looks cool because optimus prime is cool um yeah. i do like amazonas swordswoman's card effect yep and we got a lot of backstory out of her <laughs> we were able to conjure up some backstory for amazonas swordswoman yeah i conjure nothing this is canon the best we got for machine king is a selfie right in the ocean, apparently. Optimus Prime's <laughs> thirst trap. Yeah, yeah. Machine King. Just looking for his machine queen. <laughs> yeah, neither. I am not. I'm just kind of neutral on both of these. What All right, you guys Lauren, how, how you feeling? <sighs> yeah, I I'm, I feel the same. I'm not right. I'm not wowed. Yeah. By either of them. Okay. I mean, one of them has to win is the thing. Yeah. We can't say Should neither. we flip a coin? We can flip a coin. I am going to make an, a, a closing argument here because I actually do have a strong feeling about oh. this. Oh. So, I, I have... You're thirsty for Machine King. I have... Well, okay. Two things about Machine King. One, I want to see that robot dick. <laughs> two, this is, I think, the only card left in the bracket that is played by the American Duelist Bandit Keith. Oh. And you... You want to make sure he's represented. USA, USA, USA. No. You stand Um, Bandit Keith. I'm just saying, (laughs) you know, we impeached our own Bandit Keith, and I I just want to celebrate. Um, (laughs) He is doing a little fist bump. He is doing a little He is doing a fist something. He's doing something with his fist. Um, (laughs) Tyler. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Thinking about Optimus Prime Thirst Trap just sent me down a weird rabbit hole in my brain, and I can't get out. He's got to explore this later. Uh, no. Off mic. <laughs> no, I need the mic. I need the mic to explore it. Um, Amazonist Swordswoman. I feel like the lore that we've established here and the fact that it is a card played by my Valentine and the fact that it is a powerful female role model that we can continue to have in the monster bracket is an important thing. I mean, is it really the best depiction of a female Oh, sorry. I meant the spirit model. in the sword. Oh. <laughs> I walked right into that one. Yeah, he baited me for that. He knew I was going to say that. Your sword uh, does kind of have a, like a soul the sword caliber is cool. vibe. Yeah. The my, sword is cool. My vote goes to Amazonist Swordswoman. The sword is the coolest thing about either of these cards. So, yeah. All right. And I say that knowing full well that Amazonist Swordswoman is then going to have to go up against another monster. Uh, okay. Maybe this will help. Let me look up. Let me look up who Amazon Swordswoman might have to go against. Scrolling, Cyberjar. No, that's cheating. You can't make the decision based on that. I refuse to have a matchup between Machine King and Cyberjar. Why? Because they're both Cyber robots. Jar. What is Cyberjar? I wasn't here for this. One. That's a great question. We've been asking ourselves that for weeks. <laughs> uh. 
my vote goes with Amazon and Swordswoman. Seconded. Okay. I don't, All right. I don't particularly care terribly strongly about this issue, so I'll let it slide. <laughs> okay. Sorry, well, Machine King. Yeah. I do like Machine King, but... I like Machine King too, but I don't know that I like him enough to keep him in this tournament. I'm trying to type Amazon as Swordswoman one-handed. Because I'm holding my mic, you weirdos. Wrong hand too. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> all right, congratulations, Amazonus Swords Woman. I do say, um, I do really like her card effect. Her, if your opponent takes any battle damage you would have taken, that's pretty rad. That's pretty good. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. What is it? Uh, card description. It's not listed here. Your opponent takes any battle damage you would have taken from battles involving this card. Oh. So if you attack Amazon a swordswoman, you it's take that good. damage. That's really good. That's really good. There you go. All right. Amazon a swordswoman. Moving on to the next round. Congratulations. All right. That brings us to finally the end of this episode. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at yampod, that's Y-A-M-P-O-D, and you can go to our website, heartofthe.cards. Uh, we make this show for free, and it is now the season of giving, so please, if you're the kind of person who likes to give money to things, don't give it to us. Give it to places that matter, such as Trans Lifeline, Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, and the Yellowhammer Fund. Go support people in need this holiday season because they need it. That's kind of the whole, the that's whole where the point. phrase comes from. There are people who need, um, and we're not right now. We're doing okay. We're making a show about Yu-Gi-Oh! I think we're fine. Yeah. Uh, I, some housekeeping. Next week is going to be our Christmas special. We're going to be releasing a Christmas episode. Merry Beyblade Miss, one and all. <laughs> I have now convinced my partner and my best friend to watch Beyblade Burst. Episode one. Oh man. And we are gonna talk about it. Uh in just like a like a casual sort of Christmassy um what I hope will become a tradition. Watching Beyblade have... every Christmas. I have to actually do work for this episode instead of just showing up and saying random things or cards. You were gonna go into it. I wanna say right now, just so the listeners can get an idea of like what my vision is for the Christmas special. We're gonna go into it very loose. Little to no notes. I mean, I've written a book already, mm, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. little to no notes. Wikipedia page, maybe. You used to play Beyblade tournaments, didn't you? I did. I did. <laughs> I almost convinced my last job to expense Beyblades for the office. <laughs> um, uh, we are going to talk about Beyblade Burst, which is one of the best animes that there is wow that's a strong um, word <laughs> no it sure it's, is it's the, one of the best uh i will say um animes that were made to sell toys okay if mm-hmm. that narrows it down a yes, little bit it does. um it is it is a good and wholesome show uh we're going to talk about sort of where does the that series... mean we can't swear no 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 oh no okay. we're, we're gonna fucking we're gonna swear it up <laughs> um but I, I want this episode to be sort of an expl- exploration of like what makes Beyblade great, what makes the show great, and then just sort of enjoying the holiday season along with Beyblade. So for the listeners who are dealing with family stress, you know, you go home for the holidays and you got that weird uncle that just wants to talk politics all the time. Just remember that Beyblade is there for you. Where are you going with yes! this? <laughs> the spirit of Beyblade is there for you, whether you 
want it to be or not. <laughs> Jesus uh, died for just... your spins. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just going to hang out uh, for as, as as long as it takes, I guess, uh, and just enjoy each other's company. And hopefully you can enjoy that company with us. Um, so please tune in to our episode next week where we do that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, moving into next year, uh, we're going to continue season two. Obviously, Guess what? Keep More Yu-Gi-Oh! More Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, we're just over halfway through this season. Yikes. So I'm excited about that. Uh, we're going to keep doing this thing that we've been doing where we sort of mix together the uh, the multi-parters into a single episode. I think that's been <laughs> helping yeah. our motivation a little bit. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. Oh, another thing I'm going to be trying next year. I am going to start uh, every now and then while Lauren is working on her. Is it a dissertation? I always forget. What's it called? It's a Portfolio. Portfolio. Uh, it's a lot of writing that you have to do. It's this going next to year. be, yeah. yeah. Um, as it's as, the equivalent of a dissertation. It's just not research based, right? Uh, as as I find myself with needing to occupy my time, and I can annoy Lauren less and less throughout <laughs> the year, uh, I'm going to start live streaming. Uh, I, I'm going to aim for like once a week, maybe just a little bit, no. probably like once every every Fine. other week or every few weeks. I'm going to start by live streaming. Uh, I'm going to get back into playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. And I, I am going to kick the new year off with my road to Weevil. <laughs> I... I am going from uh, it, it's not a it's not a brand new account, but it's a very new account, and I'm going to level up in Duel Links. I'm going to unlock Weevil, and I'm going to build a Weevil deck and compete in whatever tournament happens to be going on at that time as Weevil Underwood. Like uh, and I will probably do a Weevil Underwood voice. Just I will do probably his do voice the character. whole time. Yes. I... What's Weevil Underwood's voice? Oh, eee! God, I'm it's so me, sorry. Weevil Underwood. Oh, I'm so sorry, everyone. Wouldn't you like to see my bug deck? <laughs> <laughs> it's my insect queen. Oh, no. And then, DJ Weevil. <laughs> and then just make the as beats. many awful, awful bug puns as you possibly can. I will. I will. So... That's what I'm going to be doing just as like a for fun thing next year, um, getting started on that. So I'll, I'll put links to it when it comes up, but um, I'm going to be on Twitch. Uh, my username is CompySando, which is my username most other places, uh, C-O-M-P-Y-S-A-N-D-O. And Bingo was his name, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's going to be a thing that's happening. Um, Lauren and I are working on a podcast that we're going to start putting out. I, don't know I didn't know if you were going to spoil it do yet it, or do not. Do you want to talk about it? We can talk about are you it plugging if you want. Do you want to for the new year? We are. It we is. Are. We've been yeah, recording a few is. episodes. We have, but we didn't want to release them all right away. We wanted to have some built up. I think it's going to be either monthly or bi monthly. Is that right? Yeah, I think every other week is, is going to yeah. be a good. Just kind of. We started recording just to figure out like when we wanted to record, like yeah. what kind of time of the week. And I think every other week works for us. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Do you want to? Yeah. So yeah. it's called Eggcentric and it is a podcast about egg. A podcast all about egg. Egg. Oh, yeah. The, the thing you get out of chickens. Yes, mm-hmm. those. And other things. And Did other, you know things. other things lay eggs? Other things lay eggs. Oh, we've, we've given away too oh, much. Oh, damn it. And I, I have to say we're not sponsored by Big Egg. So no, we bring the people the truth. The truth about egg. Uh, egg. But I'm very excited for it. It is, uh, 
it's a very wholesome show. Yeah, we that do... one's going to be no no swears. Yeah, no swears. It's family friendly. So you're going to talk um, about preparing eggs or just like the history of eggs or just what what, yes. what angle or eggle are you aiming for here? <laughs> All of the above. So every week, everything uh, about eggs. Uh, every week, be I uh, come with <laughs> <laughs> everything. Uh, every week, I will come prepared with a egg recipe or an egg preparation Ooh. tip, mm-hmm. and Lauren will provide an egg fact or mm-hmm. a bit of egg trivia. Mm-hmm. Why eggs? Why not? Why eggs? not? You know what? Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mostly no. Mostly we were talking about it, Jimmy. Why Yu-Gi-Oh? Why Yu-Gi-Oh, Jimmy? <laughs> No, 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 that one's, that one's my fault. That one's my fault. I have to own that one. Um, no, we were, we've been talking about making a podcast for a while, and we had some other ideas, I, I think, at one point, but I don't know what happened with those. And we realized that we, <laughs> we've been talking about eggs a lot. Just yeah. For whatever weird, random reason, we were like, oh, we should make a show about eggs. And we started to mention it to people as a joke, and then they would say like, "Hi, yeah, that's really that's a really dumb idea." And then they would say, "Yeah, but you could talk about this and give us a bunch of ideas, like random so egg stuff, if like you things have, you would not expect." Yeah. yeah. So if you have any egg ideas, egg ideas, we'll he- egg ideas, well, we'd love to hear them. Idea eggs. That's very good. I'll be sure to lay them on you. Thank you. Yep. Egg. Uh, also, lots of egg puns. So <laughs> crack open the vault. I have egg information. What the shell are you guys talking about? <laughs> you crack me up. It's basically this. Yeah, this is the show. We're yeah. doing the show now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that we'll start. Um, we'll start releasing those episodes. I think in the first week of January. Um, I gotta start editing them. <laughs> um, That's good. And That'll every other week. Uh, line up right with when my roommate's chickens are supposed to start laying eggs. There oh. we go. Gotta have they're one of those chickens big. in the show. Yeah. Well, at least I hope oh, they're no, all chickens. Jimmy. One of them is getting real big, mm. and so my roommate thinks maybe that <laughs> one's a rooster. Hopefully not. That would be bad because that's not are what there, you want. Are there ways to check that? That's what it's I really thought. Hard. It's really hard until they have plumage. Huh. One of them is getting real yeah, big and has mistakes. a real big, like, red top knot. Boy, I remember when I was 13 and my plumage started. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so sorry. And before oh that, God. we couldn't tell if you were a boy or a girl. <laughs> there is no way to check. I'm so sorry. Uh, all right. For the three I've been people, thinking about Machine King too much I, over here. Oh boy, something's happening over here. I don't know. It's really hot. It's really hot in here. Uh, all right. For the for the three people who are still listening, <laughs> that being the three of us. Clearly. Uh, thank you so much for listening throughout this year. Uh, I started this year with a goal. And Jimmy, I don't know if you remember, at the end of last year, we did our... I sure don't. Our, uh, sort of <laughs> we, did, we did sort of our, our 2018 wrap-up, right? And uh, we did our card of the year. And uh, you and I kind of sat down and we're like, all right, what do we want to do next year? What do, what do we want to do differently for season two? What do we want to do differently for you activated my podcast and we had some ideas and I told you that my goal was to double our listeners in 2019 because we had a good number of listeners in, in 2018, right? Like we had, according to, you know, the little bit of analytics that Squarespace gives us, we, we had somewhere around like maybe three to 400 listeners every week, which was 
three to four hundred more than I expected. Oh, for sure. Uh, so uh, I did a check, just as sort of a end of year housekeeping thing, and I'm actually pulling it back up now just to make sure that I'm being accurate. Um, let's say weekly, and I'm gonna say year to date. Jimmy, do you know the Muffin how Man? many listeners we have? Yes, the Muffin Man. Uh, did you know the Muffin Man listens to our show? Huh, weird. Do you know how many listeners a week we have now? We have fully dropped off, and there's only like four people left. <laughs> On average, since if we're pulling the average since like June. About 1,200 listeners a week. You're joking. At the highest, our, our, the week of uh, October 20th to 26th was 1,782. Wow. And that's an approximate number. Like, like the, this is just RSS subscribers. Mm-hmm. So some of these might be like people pulling it and putting it on their website or something. Like the, you know, the site scrapers that are, here's another way to listen to podcasts. But even so, that is roughly... <laughs> Uh, what five times as many listeners as we have? Yeah, that's, that's at least wow. that's at least four times as many listeners. Or uh, no, I guess it'd be at least three times as many listeners as as what we had last year. So, um, hey Tyler, yeah, do you know when I started coming on the show regularly? Uh, oh, actually, that's a really good point, Lauren. <laughs> so yeah, the big uptick is when we brought Lauren on. Oh, the show. I was I just think, being an asshole. I think but... we, uh, I think we, I think we cracked it. I think. You know, I mean, you know, like Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh needs more strong female voices. <laughs> to talk about what is and isn't maybe a card. Right. Yep. <laughs> to definitively decide what counts as a Yu-Gi-Oh card. So I just, I just wanted to say thanks uh, to the two of you, Lauren and Jimmy. Uh, and to all of our listeners, uh, we have had a, a lot more people reach out this year just to say that they're listening to the show, people tweeting at us, people emailing us like listener Brent. Um, thank you all so much for, uh, hopefully enjoying this show. Uh, we had one person tweet at us. This was one of my favorite tweets we've ever gotten. Uh, I, I'm going to forget the, the user, uh, now, uh, the Twitter user, uh, who's, shall remain nameless reached out to us and said i started listening to the show because i wanted to make fun of it but now i'm interested and that was just like wait wanted to make fun of Yu Gi Oh or of your podcast i had to clarify i asked them <laughs> i was like wait a second what do you mean the cartoon or the sh- or the podcast they were like, the podcast way. yes oh <laughs> they said they said explicitly the podcast and i was like you know what i approve <laughs> we make fun of it every <laughs> day too and yeah. you can make fun of us. Welcome like to the we, party, pal. we know. That's we, what my whole character on this show is based on. You are the villain. Yeah, I am the villain. <laughs> uh, we make this show uh, for nothing but fun. Um, this this has just been my way of testing the strengths of <laughs> how much Jimmy wants to remain my friend. Are you Joe friendship? <laughs> um, and it is. Uh, it, it's honestly the highlight of, of my week every week that I get to make this show. So. Thanks for listening, everyone. Was, I, I just did a thumbs up as though anyone on the podcast could. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to my podcast. Allow me to do something silent <laughs> as my gift to you. True professionals. True professionals. All right. Um, we will see you uh, on our Christmas show, and then we will see you when we pick back up in January. 
Uh, I've read all the things. I've done all the things. Go watch Beyblade Burst, episode one. And until next time... I'm actually a 5,000-year-old spirit that lives inside the chambers of the Millennium Puzzle.